Hi, it's Megan and Jason. You may know us from Oma's Applesauce. Well, we've teamed up with Opal Healthcare to bring you the Kappa Q&A's podcast series. And Jace, today we're visiting David, who's going to chat with us about his carer journey looking after both of his elderly parents. So it'll be great to hear a male carer's perspective because I don't feel like that's one we hear commonly. No, I think you're right. And I can smell you've got your trusty home-baked Persian love cake in the car too. Let's go find a good parking spot and go meet David. morning. How are you, David? This is Megan. I'm Jason. <laughs> Welcome to episode six of the Kappa Q&A's podcast. We're just going to play this music while David boils his kettle and we unpack Megan's delicious smelling cake. So grab yourself a cup of tea, a nice comfy seat, and let's have a chat about the shared experience of caring for a loved one. So David, thanks so much for having us around to have a chat about your experience of putting your mum, is it Maria? Maria. Into care. So I thought we might open up just by, tell us a little bit about your mum. What what was she always like as a person? As a person, she was very um, open and she loved talking to people, which she still does. Um, In the nursing home, when you go there, you can't stop her. She just loves talking. And and even if a nurse comes by... um, She'll say something, you know, she'll, um, like she noticed things too, like um, she's aware there's things uh, missing, like there'll be sort of some decorations and there'll be one missing and she'll say, oh, I've got to put another decoration up there or move that chair and put it next to the credenza over there. That's a mother's job, they've got to be detail for Detail, that's it, yeah, so she's... um, was she like that growing up for you as well? Yeah, yeah, she was, she was like that too. Everything had a place. Yeah. But I was close to mum, more so than I was with dad. But, um, yeah, no, we're very close. And, um, yeah, she's, you know, the first 18 years of your life, you, you know, you're tied close to your mother and, mm-hmm. you know, brings you up, sends you off to school, come home. She's always there. Yeah. yeah. So mum's in full-time care, dad still lives independently? Dad right? still lives independently, He's he cooks well, uh, he does a good job cooking. If he can't cook, I'll cook for him when I go to visit him. And lately it's been almost every day. Uh, well, I've used to do them when they were together every day morning. I'd go and check on them and then after work I'd go and check on them and if they didn't feel like cooking, they'd ring me and say, oh, we're not going to cook tonight. I said, well, I'll make something or I'll bring something. Mm. And um, yeah, so that's the system he had, and then yeah, then Mum had to go into into full time care. What situations led to that? Well, um, she stopped. She we could see she was the d- dementia was setting in, which was okay. We could handle that. I mean, got to the point where we had to have uh, nappies. Yeah, when they were together, it was sort of like a little closed system, and it worked. And then it came to, it was a Saturday night, I remember, I was making dinner for them. And I asked mum to go and sit on the lounge because it's more comfortable there after I washed and I washed up and I came back. She's still sitting there. And I said, come on, mum, let's go and sit. She wouldn't get up. So we then, then we noticed there was something wrong. And um, we got her back into bed and we thought maybe she's just having a, an episode of some sort, you know. So we just kept an eye on it and within... Within that week, we found out that she wasn't going to get up and walk. And, just like uh, that, just 
just stopped from walking. Into the next yeah, the dementia, stop. the dementia must have stopped her from walking. Hmm. And you can't change, you can't bathe her, you can't do anything when the body is limp like that because, you know, it's a dead weight, isn't it, really? Yeah. So it was that point where you, you thought, we need extra help? We needed extra help. Um, I checked on them a few days after this happened. I checked on, on, on them and um, um, she, she did have some pain, some burning sensation, and I think it was she had a urinary tract infection. So I, I rang the ambulance and they came and it ended up getting the fire brigade involved because they had to get put her on one of those boards to get her down the stairs. Yeah. So uh, that was the last time she was at home. And um, then she went into hospital for about six, seven weeks. And in that time, we were, they said, look, she won't probably walk again. So it got us thinking. And uh, we said, well, this looks like it. We can't, we ca Dad can't. And they're both the same age, they're both 80, 84, going on to 85. And uh, they both can't... Um, you know, we wouldn't be able to manage to uh, do what we were doing with her. So it was the best place to have 24-hour care. And during the period where you were, you know, checking on mum and dad and, and um, you know, being more than just a son, did you yeah. identify yourself as a carer or or was it just a duty? Or was it just a duty? Well, that's what I did anyway, you know. And I just, I, it got to a point where I was, like mum, she was very independent um, and I think I... I take her trait. I was I, I couldn't wait to leave home, and when I got my own place and moved out, I wanted to be out. And then I came back um, closer to them when they when Dad re retired. I started getting uh, closer and closer with them to check up on them. And as they got older, a lot of their friends had passed away. They had less and less friends. That's why Mum's now. She's there. I come and see her. You know, I was, at, at one point I was there virtually every night, and I was helping feed her too, yeah. which uh, she enjoyed doing that happening. And sometimes she could feed herself, and she'd maybe be having the dementia. She would probably have a few bites, maybe half a dozen spoonfuls or forkfuls, and then she'd say, "Oh, I'm full," and I'd say, "No, no, no, you got to keep going." So I just make her finish a meal because I think the mind probably tells her that she's full, and yeah. why I'm eating, why yeah. I'm eating. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, so just to make sure she eats, and I try to do that as much as I can, and I've also got to have a bit of time for dad, mm, so I've got to balance it. Between. It's a huge juggle. Like, how how do you find time for you? Well, I don't have that much time for ourselves. Uh, we're we're. Um, you know, we're virtually weekend bound here. Uh, we try to sneak away on the odd weekend, but most of the time I'm either mowing the lawns, um, doing his Saturday morning shopping, mm. so he's got food in the fridge, uh, a bit of maintenance on the house, vacuuming and all that sort of thing. But you get into a routine, and when you get into a routine, yeah. it makes it a bit easier. Mm. With mum now where she is, it's a load off my mind because I know she's getting a medication and um, she's got 24-7 care. So she's, I know, I know that she's taken care of and I just now concentrate on dad just to make sure he gets his medication. He's the one now I've got to check on his medication. Do you see many, many people like yourself, like males in um, I've heard of, yeah, Grove? Or? Yeah, well, there, there, there are 
people who um, I know who are customers and they've gone through the same thing and a lot of them have sisters who somehow automatically take on that role. Um, some don't. Some some share the share the responsibility because it, it is less likely. Usually in family dynamics, it's 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 less normal for a for son to a be son, taking yeah. on that carriage. Yeah. Have you got any siblings? Yeah, I got a brother, but he, he's not he's not involved. He doesn't want to get involved. Yeah. Um, he doesn't see mum and dad for I think maybe in ten years, maybe four times, mm-hmm. okay. and that's really bad. But that's his that's his life. Yeah. So. It's his story. Yeah. We've also discovered that seems to be a case in in a lot of families that yeah. there's usually one one sibling that takes on the the predominant care role, and then there's usually yeah, yeah. the other slacking off. The they slacking yeah. off, mm. Mm. and uh, that's what it is. Um, they don't want to get involved, or they're not they're not uh, have, they don't have that in them to do that. But by staying away, it's like putting your head in the sand. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious. Are you resentful at all about that? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I am a bit because um, he's not. He hasn't got his fear. He's not helping me at all. Yeah, at all. Everything's a everything's a battle. Yeah, to even talk to him or text him, he doesn't return texts. Yeah. So when Mum had the episode at home and you knew that you needed to, so she went into hospital. Um, what was that process like, having to find somewhere for her? That to was have new. That was new because I never had to do that before. And both my grandparents virtually died at home, so we never went through that thing with my grandparents. Yeah. Uh, grandma died at home with under dad's supervision. So did well. Actually, granddad died in hospital, but virtually there was hospital. Uh, there was no caring in, in that time because being old Europeans, it's, um, it was customary to, to look after your, 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 your parents, you know, yeah. which I'm trying to do, but I'm also trying to have a life. Yeah. And did you visit many care communities before mum went to Narrowena Grove? They gave us a list of a few. We maybe went to about four or five. And when it came to the time looking, we went all over the area, different places and some places looked very sterile like a hospital mm. they weren't very home home sort of feel but uh, Narawina's built like a home you know yeah. it's it's very homely and it's painted like you would have it at home and obviously you see all kinds of nursing homes when you go on a tour and you you look at a, a breadth of different facilities yeah. um, what were the things that stood out to you in the ones that that had a good gut feel for you? Well, what gave us a good gut feel is uh, we'd asked the staff and said, you know, how, how long you've been? Oh, we've only been here for six weeks or something. And, and it wasn't a, it was a big turnover of staff. Yeah. When we got to Narrowena, there's people there who have been there off and on for 20 years. Um, there was a um, administration lady, one of them there, she was, she was taking over another one that went overseas. And I said, I haven't seen you here before. She said, oh, I used to be here and I did the other one over there, but I used to be here. I've been here for 20 years. Mm. Yeah. So, Daniel, you, you get a bit of a gut feel when you, you walk into the feel. place. That yeah, it, it, it smells like a home. It doesn't smell like a hospital. Mm. It's got this um, homely feel about it, which is great. And I think that probably would relax mum too. Yeah. Even though she thinks she's at work, you know, she, she would, uh, every time I'd visit, I'd, get the phone out and if dad's not with me I would um, 
phone dad and get her to talk to him for a few minutes and then there might be half a dozen people who live there um, sitting having dinner and um, mum would put the phone up to her ear and talk to her and she'd say look I'm, I'm, I'll be a bit late tonight I'm, <laughs> I've got six more customers seven yeah. more customers here um, and then I'll see you later and that probably kills dad but um, that, that her mind is going this way but she she looks relaxed and she hasn't got a care in the world which is good yeah, yeah. How did you cross that dementia bridge of well, stopping to try and cor correct and actually starting to step into her world and her story? Well, it, it was it happened gradually. It's been gradual for the last maybe six years. Mm -hmm. uh, she got forgetful. She would put the TV remote, remote under the kitchen sink. Uh, there was an episode with a missing hairdryer. We don't know where that happened. Probably, she probably threw that in the bin because she was very active and she'd go up and down the stairs. And then she had a few little minor falls, uh, nothing serious, never broke anything. But uh, we tried, I, I put slip mats under the, under the mat so nothing would move. And she was okay up until the point when she stopped. So I had to get her a walking frame, which... Dad didn't approve of. He said, no, she doesn't need this, doesn't need that, and um, took it back to where I bought it. And the lady said, you'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then within six weeks, Dad came, whispered to me and said, look, look, I think, where'd you get that thing? Uh, mm -hmm. can, you go and, can you go and get it? Because she was starting to hold onto the walls. Yeah. And so I got the thing back, and then Dad still got it, and I think he even uses it now. Yeah. Um, so it's not just your, your dad's pride, it was your dad... Sort of trying to preserve your mother's pride as That's well. That's right. He yeah. didn't want it to, like, we're old. Didn't want to go, you know, we're, we're independent. We don't need mm. <clears throat> help like that. He needs that. He's got a walking stick now because one afternoon when I did take him to see mum, he did four, he, he tripped on a little ledge and fell on the lawn and cracked the top of his leg. And how did he <clears throat> go, um, I guess, relinquishing or, or having to, to admit that, your mum had to move into a care. Uh, it was, that was sort of sudden, and that really, he had no real say in it really because um, there was no other way. Okay. There was no other way. And he's still sort of resentful, probably blames me, blames everybody else. But um, it'd be too hard. It's, it's hard enough trying to look after yourself at his age. You can't change her, her nappy, you can't give her a bath because she's. She's bedbound. She's in a yeah. So they've got a hoist that will carefully put her onto a an air airbed chair, and she can go into the dining room, and she can eat eat with a table in front of her, and she can yeah. It's it's yeah. instead of lying in bed, you can't you can't lie in bed all your life. Mm. Yeah. So she's got a routine over there, and she's like all with dementia, they've all got a routine. Yeah. So um, at the moment, she's happy. There's four in the room. She's got one up. She's in the shared room. Uh, normally, I would take maybe three days. I'd love to see mum at least three days through the week and uh, spend the weekends with dad. And so when Maria moved into Narrowena Grove, what mm -hmm. were the, I guess, the things that were most important to you and, and your dad in, in Maria's care? Well, that she was uh, comfortable, that she could sleep because she loves her sleeping. Um, yeah, and that, that she's happy and she seems to be happy there. Mm. 
She's not under any stress. And when I come to see her, she's, oh, hi. And then most of the time she recognises me, which is amazing. Mm. Sometimes I'll get there and she calls me her brother. And then I'll say, no, I'm your son. Remember me? And I take the glasses. <laughs> and she, oh, yes, David. Yes, 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 of course. Um, yeah, so um, she has those moments, just like everybody, I suppose. But uh, no, no, she seems to be happy. David, what peace of mind has having mum in full-time care afforded you? What, what has changed for you? It's given me a little bit of breathing space. Um, like we can, we never went away for a weekend. But we try to get away, you know, I think since mum's been there, I would say we've only been away, say, three or four times uh, away, but I, I can see there's more more time for me to have. Can you describe some of your mum's care team? Like, are there particular team members that really stick out to you? Or? Oh, yeah, they've got a sense of humour. There's a, there's a fellow who brings the, the food out and... He'll come, Maria, Maria, look, nice and fresh. I, I uh, caught the fish today, you know. <laughs> He'll tell her, I caught it, I caught it. Like yeah, this, yeah. you know, so she eats it. Mm. Um, and they've all got their own little personality, you know. They always wave to you because they're like a family, really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all put together. Yeah. Yeah, they all know each other. That's nice seeing those familiar faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that, when, well like now there's a group of ladies, there's four of them that sit in the middle when they have their dinner and they see you come in and they wave to me now. They, mm. they never did before, but yeah. they, all, they all know me now. Yeah, so. lovely. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. How do you feel when you visit your mum now? I feel, rel- I, I, I'm relaxed, you know, because I don't have that stress of, is she taking the medication right? Is, is, has she fallen over, which she can't, but... Um, yeah, I just feel relaxed that I know that she'll be, she's there and um, she's okay and she's happy. And all the staff like her too. They will come up and they'll go past and they've got to, always got to say something to her or she's got to say something to them. Mm-hmm. And on reflection now, David, like you've been through this journey of placing mum into a care community, what, what advice would you have for other families that are, you know, toying with the idea or they're facing this situation now? Well, they'll come to a point where you're just going to say, that's it, we, you, you, you'll, you, your mind will tell you that's, you, you know, trying to look after at this point, trying to lift someone, trying to get them into a chair, if they, if they can't walk. Mainly it's a walking. She can't walk, so I cannot lift her. My back's not the best. So. And I'm happy that she's happy. That's the main thing. That's important. And you have time, a bit more time for yourself and your Well, family. I'm getting on too. So, I mean, I've got to also live my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm realising that every day, yeah. you know. Um, well, thank you for inviting us into your home. We really appreciate it. And have some more love cake. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was waiting for that cue. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cup of Q&A's podcast, proudly brought to you by Opal Healthcare. For more episodes and helpful resources, visit opalhealthcare.com.au. This Cup of Q&A's podcast series is copyright 2023, Opal Healthcare.